we'll start om tomeva mata cha pita tomeva tomeva bandushcha sakatomeva tomeva vidya dravinam tomeva tomeva sarvam mama deva deva shri dakshina murti sudeshi kendram dvaipayanam sutrakrutam munindram श्रीशंकरं भाष्यतीन्द्रम मध्येशि कंचा नमा ओं नमो ब्रह्मादिभ्यो ब्रह्म विद्यासंप्रदायकर्तृभ्यो वंश ऋषिभ्यो महद्यो नमो गुरुभ्य सर्वोपलवरहित प्रज्ञानगण प्रत्यगर्त ब्रह्मवाहमस्मी ओं प्रपन्न पारिजातायत्रेत्रकपन ज्ञान मुद्रा कृष्णा गीतामृतुहे नम प्रणामी वन वी आर् डूयिंग दि सिक्सटींत चाप्टर वेर भगवान्ज्यूमरेटिंग दि दैवी आसुरी संपत्ज प्रोवैडिंग आल दि गुणा दट वन हेजू इंबाइप फॉर् गेटिंग दिस ज्ञान एंड दि गुणा दट वी वन विल हेव टू एराडिकेट from the personality for getting this jnana these gunas not only help in the spiritual progress these gunas will help us even in our material world these gunas will really help us even in in achieving the material goals that we may have in our lives so when we look into it we look at it at both angles of course the ultimate benefit of all the having all these gunas is when we are able to progress spiritually so we are doing the second shloka now shri bhagavan uvacha ahimsa satyam akrodah tyagashantir paishunam dayabhuteshvalo luptvam mardavam hirachapalam so bhagwan after enumerating nine gunas in the first shloka is giving further gunas in this second shloka out of which we had already seen ahimsa satyam akrodah tyagah now we are doing shantihi <coughs> shantihi as i said is the actually the benefit that one might get out of tyaga we saw tyagah earlier the ability to renunciate ability to sacrifice and once what is the benefit of that the benefit of that is shanti or a calm mind or in other words we can also say samaha we have said samaha damaha uparamaha we had seen that as the general qualifications that comes under samadhi shatka sampatti and as i said what happens generally when we see a person who is doing a tyaga or a sacrifice we look at him at with a sense of pity as an object we see it as a, as the person as an object of sympathy but actually truth be said as i said we should not look at the person who sacrifices with pity or sympathy because the benefit that he is real benefit that he is getting is shanti and not many people understand this 
it is a general tendency for everybody to cry for that person and feel for that person because he has he or she has sacrificed but the real benefit of doing tyaga is happiness so this this um this particular value we are seeing it for the first time we are not seen this in chapter 13 also so we would go in a bit more detail for this particular value we had probably seen it in chapter 13 also i believe but anyway we'll go it in a, we'll go in a bit detail for this one so as i said shanti means mind control or mental discipline and what does shastra say shastra says that the mind is basically an instrument karanam uh, uh, karanam karanam as in the instrument that is used to get the knowledge from the outside world we have bahya karanam antakaranam antakaranam mind is the antakaranam the indriyas the sense organs are all bahya karanam so as an instrument whatever it is the instrument that we want to use the person who uses the instrument should be in control so the karta should be in control of the karanam only then the instrument will be properly utilized suppose we take a car it is an instrument for going from one place to another if that so when the driver applies the brake the car should, should stop and if the driver driver wants to accelerate the car should move if the car decides to do whatever it wants to do then it will not it will lead to accidents it is not the ideal situation and in vilat apply the same rules for all the instruments of the body as well any instrument it should be in the control of karta so if we look at it what is the lakshanam of a karta what is the definition of a karta according to panini's lakshana panini's uh, definition it is swatantraha karta the karta means here what we said is a doer the person who is handling the instrument and the karta should have 100% freedom and that means he should be independent without receiving the order so if the mind is instrument who is the karta the ahankara we say the ahankara with the buddhi the the mind should be controlled by the i along with the intellect the buddhi is the karta so the i is the doer here and the mind is the instrument karanam that's how shastras actually dissect our body when we go to the panchakosha vilakshana we have this manonmaya kosha vigyanamaya kosha there we would have seen mind and then after that is the intellect but what happens in our experience i do not seem to be the karta because it is the mind which takes the role of karta the mind decides what i have to do today i feel like sleeping 
or rather the mind feels like sleeping it sleeps the body and i sleep the mind feels like eating something we eat the mind feels like saying something we say it so it looks like as if the mind seems to be in control rather than i being in control initially we would have decided not to open our mouth when we go and meet this person but what happens after meeting in a few after a few minutes our mind will force us to say things that we wouldn't want to say and wouldn't wanted to stay in the first place same thing with food initially we would have said that we wouldn't want to eat more then once we go there the mind gets weakened by what it sees on the menu and then we end up eating much more than what we had initially planned or agreed agreed within ourselves <clears throat> so who seems to be in control the karanam the mind our mind seems to be in control the mind seems to have taken the mind is able to take the role of karta also so this is the problem for us in fact in katopanishad the mind uh, there is an analogy given the horses there is a chariot example and in the chariot example the horses are all the sense organs and they are uh, and the mind are the reins the buddhi is the is the charioter so we have to use our intellect to and the intellect has to use the reins which is the the mind to control our sense organs so our mind it it can be kept as karanam as an instrument only if it is trained well if we don't train the mind or even if we let it leave as it is let it let, let it actually work as it wants then what happens is the mind will soon soon start taking control of ourselves mind is also a jada instrument as in jada means it's inert principle we have seen it it's also made of pancha kosha pancha bhutas and all those things it is quite similar to pen or a knife but the problem with the mind is the mind has got a reflected consciousness principle as well and that means it is sentient and therefore it can really take decisions so we have to be careful about this so what is shanti shanti is basically as i said samaha samaha means keeping the mind as an instrument the mind being subservient to our intellect that is called as shanti that is called as samaha why this is needed because if we do not have the mind if we do not control the mind the mind on its own will not help us to reach our goal 
if we let the mind wander or take control of our lives we will not be able to achieve the goals that we are we have planned or we want to achieve so so the samaha means controlling mind using the mind as an instrument making the mind subservient to intellect this is what it means now for us to actually be able to control the mind it is now important to know about the mind itself what is mind under what conditions the mind can become an instrument and what is the implication of things when mind does not act as an instrument so we will see that we'll see them briefly right now so we'll see what first of all how is the mind being used by us what sort of relationship we have with our mind what what is the role of our mind or what are the duties or things that the mind does for all us for us for us so we'll see that so we'll see how is the mind being used what sort of relationship we have what is the role of the mind what are the things that mind is supposed to do so first mind the first thing that is being what is a, how, how the mind is being used first and foremost mind is the samanya karanam general reason or a general instrument for all the pratyaksha pramanam pratyaksha pramanam meaning whatever i see here taste feel these are all called pratyaksha pramanam direct inference or direct perception not inference direct perception so the mind is the samanya karanam samanya karanam meaning the um, I, it is the instrument that is used for perception it is the instrument that is used for attaining knowledge about things around me pratyaksha pramana means we use this five sense organs to gain knowledge about this world right we see uh, we use eyes ears nose tongue skin what happens when we actually get gather this knowledge the mind is able to help us process that information without the mind the eyes by themselves will not be able to gather the knowledge that i am looking for in this world for example my eyes might be open but if my mind is not behind the eye then i will not be able to recognize the person many a times it would have happened for us we would have been walking on the road and then there would be somebody who's whom we know would actually cross past us and we wouldn't recognize not because we had not kept our eyes open not because we had not seen that person but simply because our mind was not behind the eyes our mind would have been in some other thinking about some other things that we would have failed to recognize that so and we see a lot of misunderstandings also happen because of that people complain you know you saw me and yet you did not acknowledge me on purpose you how rude you are and all those things so the reason being the eyes by themselves 
will not be able to pick the knowledge it requires the mind to be behind the eyes or for example my ears could be open but if my mind is not behind the ears then also we will not be able to gather that knowledge if you are sitting in the class our ears are open the people the teacher is teaching but if the mind is elsewhere then it will not go inside the knowledge will not be processed so the mind is samanya karanam for pratyaksha pramana samanya karanam it's a general instrument for all the perception now the second thing where mind is being used is for anumana pramana anumana pramana meaning inference for inference the mind acts as vishesha karana vishesha karana means it's not general specific instrument for example in some places we will have to use data and infer on things wherever we have data and inference to go with it then the mind has a bigger role to play for example if a person is actually um, behaving in a different manner then the mind will start to it will start try to understand the reason behind it so why is this person behaving it what is the what is the intention behind it or what has been the change in circumstances so why is he so the the mind will try to infer and for that the mind is the vishesha karana it's a specific instrument that is being used whenever we need to infer on things so this is the second one so first what is a what is a why is mind is needed mind is needed for as a general instrument for all the pratyaksha pramana the second is mind is vishesha karanam for all the anumana pramana which is the inference now the third is the mind is the instrument for experiencing joy and sorrow so the mind is the place where we experience joy and sorrow how do how can we prove this how do we get to know this see when we are in deep sleep when we are in deep sleep there is no mind there is no mind and therefore we neither have sorrow nor have joy we are neutral so the mind is the place where we experience joy and sorrow when we say joy and sorrow we talk about the vishaya sukham the sukham or the sorrow that we experience through the objects around the world we experience that in the mind so this is the third purpose or place where the mind is being used fourth point this is the important point the fourth point is 
mind is the storehouse for of all our good and bad gunas it is the storehouse of our character so where do we have keep our good values we can't keep our good values in the hand we can't say that you know my right hand is a good hand my left hand is a bad hand we don't have it the gunas in our legs or you know ears or eyes or everywhere we do not keep the gunas in any other part of our the body whether it is good or it has bad it has to be in our mind that's why in tamil we say you know avanukku nalla manasu ketta manasu we say we associate that nalla or ketta the good or bad with the mind so the mind is the storehouse of our character whether it being good or bad this is the fourth one the uh, fifth one where the mind is being used the mind is an important instrument for dhyana as in meditation or or, or other sadhanas see to gain this atma gnana we require mind mind is a key key instrument that is needed or required for us to be able to get this gnana once we get this gnana to convert that to gnana nishta also to be able to convert that knowledge into assimilated knowledge to make that knowledge into our personality mind is the instrument so for dhyana for meditation we need the mind for doing any kind of sadhanas where perception might be involved mind is required so the mind's cooperation is needed at all places we normally we underestimate our mind as in we do not give enough importance for our mind but the mind has got tremendous potential and does it is of tremendous importance even the whole world can turn our enemy you know we will need only one friend and that one friend should be our mind if that is the case we won't feel any problems in this world we will not have we will not face any difficulties we will not will not have any obstacles but look at the other way around even if the whole world is my friend the whole world everybody is friendly to me but if my mind is my enemy as in it's not cooperating enough the mind even if the whole world is my friend i can get into depression and we will not be able to achieve anything if the mind is an enemy so mind is a has got a critical role critical function 
so mind is an instrument we have now understood it mind is an instrument mind is also the storehouse for all our character for all gunas now for any instrument we need to maintain that in our daily life whether it is in kitchen where we have utensils or cookers or whatever it is or a car as an instrument or clothes shoes whatever it is whatever we use we have to maintain them if it's clothes we have to wash them we have to iron them we have to keep hang them properly we have to ensure that they don't get crumpled if it's car it has to be serviced we have to put enough petrol we have to wash it same thing with any of the kitchen utensils so any instrument that we use in our life it has to be maintained and for the maintenance we will give some we will allot some dedicated time for washing the clothes there are some dedicated time for ironing clothes we'll have to dedicate time for maintaining the car we'll have to give some time for it so any instrument requires maintenance and we'll have to give some dedicated time to maintain it but what happens to the mind in spite of the mind helping us in so many things it is the one that is behind our general perception of the world to gather any knowledge it is the instrument that is required for us to infer anything that is happening around us in spite of being such an important instrument we do not give any time to maintain we just leave it at is we just let it run the mind mind is there it will take care of itself so we let it run on an autopilot and that is where we make our mistake and why am why am i warning about this because we will see what are the implications if the mind is not maintained properly once we understand we will hopefully we will take some remedial measures to at least from now on so sometimes people might say what sort of wretched mind i have you know they may say this is this mind is killing me sometimes we do not have control on the thoughts that our minds get the thoughts that get processed by our mind that we feel very very unhappy so the mind is very clearly it is if we let it go on its own it can create problems so what happens if we don't maintain the mind properly how it impacts each of the functions that we saw the first function we saw was that the mind is the samanya karanam for pratyaksha pramana basically the general instrument for attaining any knowledge so if the mind is not kept properly what happens we cannot get the knowledge even from pratyaksha pramana so our eyes will see but we will not be able to recognize our ears will hear but we will not listen 
so and what whenever we don't recognize things properly or whenever we don't listen to people properly it means our mind is not working properly it means the mind is doing things on its own so my i am asking the eyes to see which means i expect the mind to be behind my eyes and process whatever is being seen but the mind decides to act on its own it is doing things on its own i am actually sitting in the class hearing things i am asking the ears and the mind to be behind the ears to process whatever is being said but if the mind starts to do on its own i am hearing but i am not listening we don't get the prama prama means knowledge instead we do get brahma brahma means mistake we get wrong knowledge so the mind if it is not maintained properly set some of the basic things that are needed not just as i said not just for a spiritual growth even for this world for achieving things in this world it will not be if it doesn't cooperate we will not be able to achieve things now the second one we saw as vishesha karana vishesha karanam or for anumana pramana basically wherever we use inference the mind is required and there have been multi many many times where we have to uh, use inference to gain knowledge for example we go to a house as a guest we should know when to leave uh, if they keep talking about things uh, we have to understand where is the hint for us to leave uh, and and what happens sometimes if the they they see the clock again and again then you know that actually it is they are indicating us to leave so there are a lot of subtle things that our mind will have to process whenever we are dealing with people whenever we are dealing with things in this world sometimes what happens people do things with a good intention and if our mind is not good enough and if our mind is not properly maintained we will misunderstand the person we think the person has done things only to hurt us without understanding the intent behind it and that reason being the mind probably is not maintained properly these are the indications for us we would be able to relate to whatever we see in our whatever we see around us all and also within us especially around this misunderstanding right if we actually give a benefit of doubt to a person say they they we feel we have been wronged but i give the benefit of doubt to that person but 
if I actually do that, what happens is, even if the person has committed a mistake, maybe out of the 10 times that I have given the benefit of doubt, even if they had done mistake, say, 9 times, but the 10th time that I, if I have, because I had been giving all the benefit of doubt, the ones that I had given the benefit of doubt would give me a greater mental peace and satisfaction and happiness than the nine times that I would have been wrong. Again, this is something that has to be experienced. If we do it consistently, we will be able to see the benefit that we get. Try to be, give the benefit of doubt as much as possible to others. Then you will see the mind becoming calmer. Because the ones that we probably, if the general tendency is also always to find fault, because the mind is not able to see the good intent behind it, and then we try to find the fault behind the person, we lose that person. Because the person would say, it's not worth it. And if we lose a good person in our life, we lose a lot. Having a good person in life is very difficult. If we keep faith on a wrong person, on the contrary, if we try to say, have, give benefit of doubt to all around us, or most of the people around us, or most times, because we know that our mind is not actually working fine, our mind is not able to do the inference properly. And if we keep faith on a wrong person, there is a possibility that there could be some losses. You know, there could be some losses because of the trust or whatever that we have. We might lose some money. It's okay. But once we lose good people, trustworthy people from our life, then it is a big loss. Why? Because such good people, trustworthy people are rare. So it is in our interest to keep them within our within our circuit to meet you know good people itself is rare and if we get a chance to meet these people and if we lose their friendship because of a wrong judgment from our side then this is the biggest loss even Upanishad says so So, the idea is we should not lose good relationships, good friendships, good sanghas or goodwill from people because of some bad judgments from our side. And the judgments come from our mind. So, we have to understand that. And any relationship today, right, any relationship is always about inference it's always you know we try to infer how do we how do this person react because we are not able to see their mind we don't know what is the intent the intent of what is being what is in their mind we are not able to see that so we it's always about inference and whether the inference is right or wrong depends on how well our mind is how 
how much of how good our mind is how well maintained our mind is so the mind should be properly disciplined so this is for the vishesha karanam then we said the mind is the third point we said is the mind is the you know instrument for experiencing joy and sorrow so whether we experience joy or sorrow it is dependent on how we have kept the mind if we if we keep the mind properly it will be radiating calmness it will be radiating joy so it will not be the one that is exhibiting a restlessness uh, or sorrow so if mind is kept properly you would see you would be able to bring calmness to the situation you would be able to bring some happiness around to the people around us so a well kept mind is very important in fact it is the mind which changes the situation into a joy or sorrow as you simply see i mean we there is a situation and we feel sad about it the reason or or we feel angry about it the reason could be because it has come the mind has inferred that this person is responsible for making my situation bad and therefore i can i get angry or i feel sad because of the inference the mind does and then and then we feel sad but the same situation the same outcome if it is done by another person whom we like then we don't feel sorrow we don't feel bad about it suppose i have been made to wait if i don't like the person i would try to find fault i'll get agitated my mind will be sad i'll be angry there i there will be impatience i'll be are exhibiting restlessness all sorts of things because i don't like the person who has made me wait but if it is a person whom i love the person has been his person has made me wait and i wouldn't feel bad i would feel pleasure in waiting out there there is no problem at all i had no issues waiting for you so it is the mind which changes the situation makes the situation whether it is joy or sorrow it is not the situation so the mind is again very important to be properly maintained here it is the instrument for experiencing joy and sorrow the fourth point we discussed was the mind is the storehouse of our good or bad gunas it is the it is the storehouse of our character so if we keep our mind well maintained it can store good gunas otherwise if it is not maintained well it will go in the wrong direction it will give us trouble wherever we go and once it goes to the wrong side it will take much much more effort to bring it to the positive side first we'll have to bring it to the neutral then we'll have to take it to the positive so the effort is much higher 
remember mind is the place where the samskaras are stored so in the mind as we discussed in introduction to vedanta is the instrument that is being carried forward in every birth of ours so it carries the samskaras from our previous births we can either store good or bad samskaras it is left to us so how we maintain the mind how we discipline the mind it will help us it will it will decide on what kind of samskaras are being stored so from simple pratyaksha pramana to attaining even jnana nishta the highest knowledge you know the mind is used as an instrument so it is very important it is imperative it is definitely needed that we need to spend some considerable amount of time time and effort to maintain our mind the problem for us is this importance of this mind is underplayed by us we take it for granted to know how important the mind is right we just need to visit one of those you know uh, hospitals where people with you know mental illness are there we can see how much they suffer we just need to watch for a few hours we will know how you know people suffering from mental health how you know how difficult they have their lives it will be so painful to see them only when we see them we understand the importance of mind as a gift you know it is a gift given by bhagwan by ishwara we will it is it is given to us we have to maintain mind is our life mind is the one which is experiencing samsara mind is the one which needs to attain moksha mind is needed throughout our life we are we are very particular about certain things that we use we are very particular about you know um, if i have a car or a particular phone or a particular possession whatever i have i'm very particular about how it has to be used how it has to be placed i will not let others take it i will not i will make sure that it is clean i will make sure that it doesn't get uh, scratches i take so much of care for it i put some covers for my phone make sure that it doesn't even if it falls off it doesn't break and all those things these are instruments that we are going to use only for a few years the phone is going to last for maybe 5 years a car maybe for 20 years 15 years 20 years what to talk about the mind the mind is going to be there for the entire lifetime not just this lifetime in fact throughout yeah throughout our uh, subsequent births as well these instruments we can throw them after we use the mind we cannot throw the mind is within us i cannot say i want to place the mind outside for some time and live without that mind it's not possible i can't say if my mind is troubling me i can't say i just keep my mind outside 
I don't want the mind to trouble me. I want to be away from my mind. Not possible. We cannot throw out our mind. So it is important we give. Again, I can keep back, come back to the same thing. It is important we give sufficient time, put in proper effort, discipline the mind, maintain the mind, improve the mind. So, so, so far we have seen what are the functions of the mind and uh, what is the, what's our, how does it impact if it is not functioning properly. Now we will see what is the upai or how do we discipline our mind, how do we keep our mind calm, how do we keep this instrument well maintained. In fact, Truth be said, whatever sadhanas we are talking about, ahimsa, satyam, makrodha, all these, all these sadhanas are here for this only, the mind only. So, it is very difficult to point one particular sadhana to say this is the sadhana you have to do for keeping up your keeping your mind well. Now, all the sadhanas that we discussed in chapter thirteen. These sadhanas here are all for the mind only. All are done to discipline the mind in such a way that it is able to act as a servant and not as a master of me. So this is what we have to understand. What is the upayam? All the values that we have talked about so far, all the things that we said. Anyway, we'll we'll take one or two here. See, if we want our mind to be calm and peaceful, we will see if you will see some conditions under which it is possible. So, I want my mind to be calm and peaceful. Under what condition it will be able to? The first one is values the mind should have good values the mind should have sadgunas the first condition is we should attain these good values what are those good values we need not ask we we know whatever we are seeing here as daivi sampat is all those good values To however extent we are able to imbibe these good values, to that extent the mind will work well as an instrument for us. And when it does, the mind will also be able to exhibit happiness, joy. It will be able to radiate joy. So the good values are very important. Then the question might come, even to imbibe these good values, I need to, I need the mind as a good instrument. If the mind is really bad as an instrument, I will not be able to go imbibe these values. If somebody is having already a depression, 
is already in a state of depression i cannot go and ask them to say akrodha ahimsa shanti their mind will not be able to pick will not be able to process those things so if the mind is bad already it cannot imbibe good values so the mind <clears throat> a, a reasonably good mind is a place where we can start having or building these values <clears throat> so we'll now talk about how to train this mind training this mind the sadhana is dhyana dhyana meaning meditation there are varieties of dhyana meditation <coughs> one such dhyana is as i said japa dhyana japam manasa japam the mind here the mind we will order the mind we will instruct the mind we will command the mind we do that because we have to let the mind know who is the boss so we have to instruct we have to command we have to order the mind and then we say i am going to sit and do this dhyana so when we sit go and sit and do this meditation we will definitely face resistance the body itself will resist first our physical body will first start resisting as well even if we are able to control the physical body and say i'm not going to move my hands legs come what may i'm not going to open my eyes even if we are able to control the physical body to say i am the boss you are not going to move the mind will not obey the mind will start to resist and just like we train the animals like a horse or bull to them you know to work to make them work as a bullock cart or a or what call that horse carriage or something we will have to train this mind as well so just as this training this animals the animals will when we try to train the animals it will be very difficult to get the animal to agree to things and make them understand but once it is trained the moment you lift the yoke you know the the animal will automatically come underneath in the same way once we train the mind and i'm saying okay i'm going to get into a dhyana i'm going to sit now in the moment you sit the mind will automatically get calm it will automatically get seated and this training is how you have to train initially it will be difficult but the training for the mind as i said we have to start with japa and through constant japa the mind can be trained into an instrument made into a good instrument problem for us is the mind is mostly the master it has been the master of our life for so many years it has decided when we want to sleep it has decided what we want to eat it has decided what we want to see 
it has decided whom what we want to speak we have never let it know who is the boss so now it's going to be difficult but it can be changed only through japam we can get this character there are other dhyana methods to make the mind calm also like expansion meditation and all those meditations to make the mind calm ultimately the mind has to be disciplined on two in two areas one chitta shuddhi chitta shuddhi is clean mind to get a clean mind what we have to do imbibe values second one is chitta ekagrata chitta ekagrata means focused mind for that the sadhana is dhyana meditation so these two disciplines chitta shuddhi chitta ekagrata is called as mind control samaha shanti so bhagavan has given two ways to control and calm the mind in the sixth chapter in the sixth chapter of gita bhagavan will again talk about mind control where uh, actually bhagavan will talk about meditation the whole chapter in that chapter arjuna will ask the mind is so difficult to control it looks like even if i can i i can control the wind but i am not i'm not able to control the mind so bhagavan will say, give the answer he will say now two methods arjuna vairagya and abhyasa vairagya meaning dispassion abhyasa meaning practice so bhagwan accepts and he will accept bhagwan will say you know i accept arjuna controlling mind is indeed difficult but it can be achieved through dispassion and practice what is vairagya vairagya is basically i you know i take away all the unwanted things out of my mind by doing by having vairagya anything that is not wanted in my life i remove them from my mind i take them out of my mind's sphere of influence and then the abhyasa is basically the training of the mind to keep the mind in control so this mind control is important see just like you know it a baby or not a baby or a small boy small kid 3 year old 4 year old they could be running all over the place and if we are old to catch them itself is a big task and after catching them to make them sit quietly in a place would be another big task similarly the mind you know that to bring that mind from outside which is constantly going outside for it to be caught is difficult then once it is caught to make them look inward is even more difficult but it can be achieved through vairagya and abhyasa so this is about samaha mind control with this will complete the vichara of this value and with this value which is until 14 values we had seen this chapter 
we have covered all the important virtues so far the 20 virtues that we saw in the 13th chapter and this we have covered all the important virtues or values whatever we are going to see from now on these are all either simple values or an extension of the values which we had seen already or there could be some synonyms uh, or closely related values we would be seeing so we, from now on we will not be able will not be doing much of a detailed analysis on these values basically repetition so in the next class we will take the next value apaishunam we will do it in the next class any questions or comments okay. if you take hints then people say you are reading little too much into it what do we do then isn't it better to take things on face value yes it is better to take things on face value sometimes an overworked mind will try to infer things which are probably not necessary needed how do we do right judgments very difficult to say unless we see the outcome by seeing as the outcome we have to be very honest to ourselves whether my judgment has gone right or wrong the problem for us is when we make a wrong judgment our again the mind will not accept it we will try to justify why we made the wrong judgment and we will blame the other person or situation i think you can relate to it what i say i can I give some examples we try to say that this person behaved badly then we come to know that actually speaking the person did not behave badly it is just my reading of the situation maybe they didn't want to ignore us maybe they didn't want to dis, uh, disrespect us but then the moment i know that i have made the judgment wrong we will try to justify saying oh maybe this time they did but they are like that only maybe uh, this time they did not do because they were not in a situation where they could do or we will try to say we will we will try to give some reasons behind our wrong judgments how do we keep our mind properly i explained it i hope you got it how do we store good samskara what should we do to maintain and discipline our mind i think again we we we, we discussed that if we have got a hint that someone close is harming us how do we protect ourselves seems to be very generic question i don't not able to see the harming means what closing what sort of protection i'm not able to get it maybe you can uh, drop a detailed note here later on then we can discuss i'm not i'm not able to get a uh, full understanding of this question so can i whatsapp you the situation Sorry again. Can I uh, send uh, send you the details on your WhatsApp? Uh, okay. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Again, we'll see in the next class. Om Pur Namada Pur Namidam Pur Nag Pur Namudachate Pur Nasya Pur Namada Ya Pur Nameva Vashishate Om Shanti Shanti Shanti. स्वस्ति प्रजाभ्य पिपालयताेन महिमहिषा गोभ्राह्मणेभ्यो शुभमस्तु निोकासमस्तासुखिनो हरिओं श्रीगुरुभ्यो नम हरिओं
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.